Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our Courageous Leadership with Virginia Pradhan every Wednesday and Saturday at 10 o'clock Central Time on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, uh, Edify Podcast Network, and of course, you can watch it on YouTube channel. We love for you to be here, and obviously you are here because you love to be trained to be a courageous person, a courageous leader, and to live a life of significance and success, and uh, even under any circumstances. And as you, some of you know me, even under persecution. If you never read my memoir, Saving My Assassin, you can buy it on our website, virginiapradanbooks.com slash product slash book, and it will be autographed for you. We also love to invite other courageous leaders to our podcast because as we know, our faith is under attack, under fire in America. And one of the courageous leaders is Ali Kilmartin. She is the Senior Council Director of um, at Alliance Defender Freedom. And I have to tell you, Ali is a person that you love because she has a heart, a servant heart. She's not looking for people to please them or to please her or to give her rewards. She's looking to Christ and ask Christ and uh, what to do, and she follows him. And it's very, very impressive. Ali, thank you so very much for coming to our podcast. I just love the way you interact with, with people, the way you interact with your family. And you have an absolutely amazing life, an amazing bio. I will let you introduce yourself, but I would love for you to touch as much as possible because you will encourage others. Well, Virginia, it's just truly an honor to be here. Uh, you know, your podcast called Courageous Leaders, you know, with I, I, as, I, as I work at ADF at Alliance Defending Freedom, the thing that I am struck by is that what we need the most for people today in 2023 is courage because people can think the right things, they can believe the right things, but if they don't have the courage to live them out and act upon them, it doesn't matter. And um, it took courageous leaders to build our country and it's gonna take courageous leaders to save our country. And so for you to invite me on as a courageous leader is just very humbling and I'm honored to be here. So my name is Ali Kilmartin. Uh, as Virginia said, I'm director of the attorney network here at Alliance Defending Freedom. I am also senior counsel. That means I'm a lawyer. I hope you can forgive me all for that. Not everyone out there is a lawyer, I'm sure. But um, today I am Mary, my husband. Um, I love him dearly. He's a great support. And I have three beautiful daughters who you might see over my shoulder behind me. Um, they are about to turn 12. Uh, one turned nine this week, and then the other one will soon be seven. And um, they keep me on my toes. Uh, they keep me humble. And they're a big part of, of who I am today and why I do what I do. Um, for, uh, I'll just tell you a little bit about my history. So I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. I went to college in Grove City, at Grove City College in Western Pennsylvania, and then spent most of my adult years in Pennsylvania. I got married, and then shortly after I got married, I went to law school. And uh, after, when I went to law school, um, I said to my husband, because you know when you're married, you take your grades home to your spouse. When you're a kid, you take your grades home to your parents. So I said to my husband, I'm a first-generation college grad. I don't know what to expect here. C's are normal. Just, you know, I wanted to temper his expectations. Well, 
as God would have it. Um, I graduated from the top of the class, which just opened amazing doors um, for me to go. I will stop you here because you try to avoid that you uh, earn the JD with summa cum laude. And you yeah, no, yes, it is. Um, you have to tell you, I when I went, I went to school and um, I was walking across campus. My my one L year for those of you who are lawyers, you know, your one L year is stressful. And it was fall semester. And as I stepped off the curb, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I heard that still small voice of the Lord say, you're going to do very well. And I said, well, what does that mean? Lord? And he said, that's none of your business. Uh, you just focus and you be faithful and you're going to do very well. And so I did. I went home. I wrote that on a sticky note. I stuck it on my computer because there were many days where I did not feel like I was going to do very well. And I was lost and confused and trying to figure it out. But I had that promise from the Lord. And my husband was praying and fasting for me on difficult test days. And at the end, yes, I did graduate as valedictorian of my class at Penn State Law. And so that opened doors then to go uh, to Pittsburgh to work in what they call big law, large law firms. And I spent a number of years working there, about nine years. I did six years of trial work and I did two and a half years of appellate work. And, you know, many times, and this is, I think, important for creative people to understand, just like Moses was being prepared in the wilderness and David was being prepared in the quiet years. Um, you know, I'm sure if David felt like he was supposed to be king when he was tending sheep, he probably thought, well, what's this all about, right? And there were years in my law practice where I thought, Lord, I am not working on what I feel passionate about and what I care about. But I just felt him saying, that's okay. You be faithful what I've called, you know, called you to today, and I'll open the right doors when the time is right. So yeah, about eight, you know, almost nine years of practicing. And then um, I found out that a friend from law school was involved with the Trump transition team and finding people to serve in the administration. And he reached out and said, would you like to work for the president? Well, little did he know that when I was in college, low those many years ago, I had wanted to go to D.C. and work on policy issues. And the Lord had just quietly taken me in a different direction. And so this was a full circle moment for me. I have found that when you are faithful to the Lord and you do what he's called you to do, he will bring your dreams back around dreams you have forgotten you had, dreams you have sacrificed on the altar of faithfulness to him. and But they're his dreams. He put them in your heart for a reason, and he will pull them back out when it's his time. So that was a full circle moment, um, you know, but like, it's not always easy. When I said to my husband, I could go to DC and work for the president, he said, why would you do that? <laughs> we have a beautiful life in Pittsburgh, you know, you've got a great job. You're working on Supreme Court cases, you know, I... And I said, yeah, yeah, that's that's probably crazy, right? And and then I went in my prayer closet, and I felt like the Lord said, it's not crazy. And I said, all right, Lord, well, if that's what you want, you're going to have to make, you know, change his heart. And that's exactly what God did. Turn my husband's heart around, and then the right opportunity opened up. But, you know, when people ask me, well, why did you leave Pittsburgh? Why did you do what you, you know, why did you do that? Why did you give up all that? And I say, you know. When my grandkids come to me and say, Grandma, where were you in 2018 and 2019? Of course, this was back when I was going into the administration. I want to say, I did everything I could. You know, I left it all on the, you know, I I gave all that I could um, to fight for the most important battles happening in America. And so I I did. We we moved. We sold everything. We moved to Northern Virginia. And then obviously after... um, after the inauguration day and President Biden took office, I was asking the Lord once again, okay, God, like what, you know, what's next? And I said, surely, Lord, surely you want us to move to Texas where they don't hate me because I work for President Trump and I could afford real estate. 
<laughs> and, you know, as I went into a, um, a worship night at my church, I had my family with me, the daughters were there, my husband, I, I sensed the Lord reminding me of Psalm 23. And he said, do you trust me to set a table before you in the presence of your enemies? And I said, sure. I mean, you can do anything, God. <laughs> and so he opened up, uh, sure. I mean, it was not within 24 or 48 hours that I got a call from ADF and we started this process. And now here I am. And it's the same heart, right? Like I want to be able to say, where, Grandma, where were you in 2023? I did everything I could. I woke up every day and, you know, fighting the fight uh, for what God wants to do in our country was on my heart and mind. And so um, that is sort of what leads me to here today. So uh, for people that might not know what ADF is, I, I know I am an ally attorney with the Alliance Defender Freedom, but can you explain for them what ADF stands for and what your role is there? Yes, so ADF stands for Alliance Defending Freedom. We started in the early 90s as Alliance Defense Fund by courageous leaders that you might recognize names like Bill Bright or... Um, Dr. Dobson, Dr. Kennedy, who said, you know, there's going to be religious liberty battles and fights coming down the road, and we have to have lawyers who are prepared to fight them. And so, and they also knew that that work would be pro bono work, not paid work that lawyers would be doing. And so they started Alliance Defending Freedom, and they started a, an alliance of attorneys, which, yes, Virginia, you're part of that. And that's so, it's such an honor to get to interact with an allied attorney and work with you. But um, ADF's, you know, overarching goal is to keep the doors open for the gospel in America and beyond. We also have an international arm. I work almost exclusively with the domestic side of the house. But as time went on, we realized that um, we needed subject matter experts, people who all they did was litigate religious liberty issues. And so um, in the, you know, to, around 2012, I think the name was changed to Alliance Defending Freedom. And now today, um, Virginia, you mentioned earlier that I work with the attorneys. So today, uh, ADF is focused on five generational wins. We want to we want to secure religious liberty, free speech for all, life, protecting life at the beginning of life and at the end of life, protecting marriage and family, and then finally parental rights, which are becoming so important um, in today's day and age as we see the rights of parents to direct their children's upbringing um, eroded. And so those, we call those our generational wins because we want to win them for the generations. I talked about my grandkids. Anyone who's listening to your podcast is a generational thinker. They care about their children and their children's children. Our God is a generational God. He called, you know, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? So we want these things secured and won, not just for our day, but for the generations. And so ADF is focused on that in many ways, you know, galvanizing people in the church and ministry space, out in the corporate sector, we have you know a corporate affairs alliance, um, working with students in law school, preparing them to go out and to make a difference. And then obviously I work with those attorneys, 4,600 in our network today, and we could not do the work that we do without them. There are only a certain number of attorneys that are on staff at ADF, but the amount of work to be done is amazing. And the opportunities to, to shape the law uh, for our nation to advocate for the issues today are great. And so I get to t I get to meet our allied attorneys. I get to bring them into the network. You know, people who have never been, I, I invite you in. We'd love to have you. Um, there's no cost to being an allied attorney. It's a free, free thing. But we love to train you, support you, um, equip you, encourage you. And then in exchange, you know, we just have opportunities to serve. 
Uh, and, and there's different ways we can connect people with those. But um, there's local council opportunities, co-counsel, right? amicus briefs. Uh, Virginia, remember the Dobbs case that happened last year, right? Yeah. Um, there were 85 amicus briefs filed um, in support of life. And that involved hundreds of attorneys, right? So there's opportunities everywhere to support the work that's happening. And um, I just find it a joy to get up every day. I, I feel like I'm um, directing traffic on an aircraft carrier. You know, if you think of ADF as like an aircraft carrier, cases um, and our clients are like the planes and the, the attorneys like you are like pilots. And the goal is to get the right pilot on the right plane for the right mission. Yeah, it really is. And you mentioned uh, about the training. Um, I took the training many years ago and I took the training in maybe one of the best place, Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, they're not all in Hawaii, Virginia. <laughs> not all of them are in Hawaii, but mine was in Hawaii. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. It was full of information, and you are always, always supported by ADF anytime. And you, yes, you as an allied attorney, you do all pro bono. Uh, cases, but it's an honor and a privilege to know, like you said, that you are part of fighting for the freedom, keeping the freedom, keeping the freedom not only for us, but for generations to come. It's very um, interesting to know that many times we think that we are by ourselves. No, but when you are in a group like Alliance Defender Freedom, you will find out that you are in a group. You are you you support each other, and that is wonderful. Also, we have to remember that we cannot ask our children, our friends, or even our acquaintances to do things that we are not doing. Come Many on, that's so true, Virginia. Yes, many times they will join us because they watch us and they see the joy that we have to put our life at risk almost right now in America to defend human and religious rights. And they yes. have to see that, that there is courage, that there is a God of uh, in, in heaven that gives us the courage and also gives us the opportunity to um, um, do the things because he is sovereign. He is always in charge. Um, He's looking for courageous people. Um, you remember the spies went into the land, right? Yes. And 10 of them mm -hmm. felt like they were grasshoppers in the eyes of, of the, the people in the land, the giants in the land, as they said. And you know, you could look around America today and say, well, I, I feel like a grasshopper, but God is looking for people with the heart of Joshua and the heart of Caleb that are strong and courageous and are ready. You know, think about Caleb, even in his old age, he said, I'm ready to take the next mountain. Give me the next city. Give me the next thing to conquer. And, um, you know, the name he, uh, so, so if you look, if you do a study, I think it's of Judges 14, uh, Caleb, his inheritance was Hebron. And if you look up the word Hebron, it means alliance. And um, alliance uh, is powerful. It, you know, I love that Caleb, the, 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 um, the, the heritage of the Caleb the Courageous was an alliance. And that's what we are. You know, ADF has its own alliances, but in the broader alliance, right? Like the whole kingdom of God, it's, it's the body of Christ. And we all need to play our part so that we can be effective on the earth and that we can do 
what the Lord wants us to do. Just like Jesus said, I do what I hear my father. I say what I hear my father saying, and I do what I see my father doing. And if we do that, we can't go wrong. That is so true because um, God is speaking to us personally. He is saying to us, he puts his uh, his uh, hands on our back, according to Isaiah, and says, this is the way walk in it. So when he uh, directs you, if you are in the wilderness or if you are in the waiting room, he is still preparing you for something that he has in mind. He is not the destroyer of your dream. He is the builder of your dream. He loves when you come and give him in his hands your dream because his dream is beyond our imagination. That it's nothing that we can compare God's dream with our dream. And I experienced that under persecution. I was under five feet tall. I am under five feet tall right now, 82 pounds in Romania. The government thought that, oh, she's just gonna gonna disappear. She is just nothing. But that's how God, that's how God uses. He God uses what, what the world consider nothing and makes a, a tool in his hands and nothing. You, you cannot do what God wants to do. So he is using you as a tool in his hands to do amazing things. So uh, many, yeah. times, many times I encourage people to go in their closet and after they hear this message and ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to um, organize my life, what what to, to do. They might feel in the same situation like you felt. Well, I'm working here. It's not what I dream about, but God is preparing you for that. He is preparing you. Well, and two, two verses I want to piggyback off on what you said. You know, the animating verse behind all of ADF is John 15, 5. Without Christ, we can do nothing. Yes. And if we ever forget that, it's the, end of the, be the beginning of the end, as they say, right? without him so all this every lawsuit every legis piece of legislation every you know a piece of advocacy it's not in our own strength because without christ we can do nothing and then secondly you talked about isaiah and i want to encourage everyone listening to me you know that verse he says this is the way walkie in it the first part of that verse is as you pick your foot up basically to turn to the right or to the left and there was a time in my life i remember it was um around Y2K. And I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. And I just sensed, he said, just pick a direction and go in it. And I'll either confirm that you're going the right way or I'll of course correct you and help you. And so, and he, so he said, you got to take a step to the left or to the right. And then I can help you know whether it's the right direction. And so sometimes we're waiting for him to tell us what to do. And he's waiting for us to just take action. And if we're somehow missing him, he's such a good God. He's going to help us figure out, no, no, don't go in that door, go in this door. Um, but he loves to see that faith action by us, right? Where, gosh, I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm going to step out in faith. That is um, exactly what the Bible tells us so many over and over and over again, that he will be the one who will give us wisdom. He will give us direction and he will share with us things that we don't understand now. So the Bible, it's, it's 
full of uh, um, instructions and directions that will build us up. The culture tries to put us down. God is the one who builds us. So it's very, very encouraging to, um, um, to know that. Um, you read my memoir, uh, Saving My Assassin. What impressed you the most uh, on that that you love to share with people, especially right now in America, with uh, you know our faith being under attack? You know, I just love the way you're able to bless those who cursed you. Your ability to look past what was happening to you and to to have the love of Christ in your heart. And I think, you know, it's very easy in America today to point the finger, to say, well, this is happening because of them, or this is happening because of that. Or, you know, it's not me, God. I don't want any of this to be happening, <laughs> right? But, you know... I'm reminded of when Moses, um, Moses was standing on the precipice of the promised land and God said, God was very angry at the people. Moses wasn't too thrilled with them either. And God basically offered and said, Moses, why don't I just leave them all here and you and I can go into the promised land and we'll start all over again. And what a tempting offer. I mean, I don't know. I think like I probably might have said, yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Let's ditch these guys and let's go. You and me, God. But Moses said, nope, nope. These are my people. These are your people, God. And it's like, and they were crazy people. They were, you know, they were rebellious. They were difficult. They were complaining. You know, and you can look around at people in America that might frustrate you and say, what's wrong with them, right? But Moses basically, in a sense, put his arm around them and said, I'm with them, God, and you got to take both of us. And the cry here is mercy, not judgment. And, you know, you're, I mean, saving my assassin, the mercy's dripping all over the title of your book, right? And and um, that is a supernatural act. That exactly. is not something that exactly. a human being or heart can accomplish or take credit for. It, that is a supernatural act of the Holy Spirit working in you to will and to do God's work in that person's life. And that happens with each and every one of us individually with, with people. And then it happens with us as a group corporately with our nation. That and I think so that... That cry of mercy will save us way farther than accusations of judgment. Absolutely. When when you think about, uh, and I'll describe in, in my memoir, being in an interrogation room full of blood and uh, hearing God saying, tell them about my love. And when I told them, God loves you, I don't like what you're doing, but I I will choose to love you. They will turn their heads because they were crying. Yeah. Um, God's love captures everyone, absolutely everyone. And if you look in the Bible, Paul, when the, the earthquake came and everything, the, the um, chains uh, were broken, his yes. first reaction was not to, to run. His first reaction was to take care of the ones who were so mean to him. So that's the way God transforms your life. And if you think, oh, I don't know, I, I can't do what you're doing, but you don't have to. God is the one who will do it in you and for you. So you can see God's miracles in you and others can see that God is alive. He's sovereign and he is full of love for you and for people around you. Um, and, we, and to do that, Virginia, but to empty ourselves of ourselves daily, right? Whether it's 
we think too highly of ourselves or we think too little of ourselves. Either mentality will keep us from being daily filled with his spirit and going out and courageously doing what we were created to do. That is, that is correct. God's, our relationship with Christ and giving him, being faithful to him and giving him control of our lives is a transforming power. God transforms us. It's nothing. God is not looking for my resume. He is not looking for my recommendation. God is not looking for my skills. He already gave me the skills. God is looking for my obedience. That's all he said, trust me and walk with me. So I hope, I hope that you are encouraged and you will trust and, uh, and ask God, you know, to change you and, and your life. Amen. When you think about uh, uh, young, uh, young people having three kids like you or maybe younger than you, what is your message to them? Well, in particular to women, I would say, I know you were a single mother and I'm just in awe of you. I I happen to be married, but I think there's a lot of debate around women. Do I work? Do I not? And I have to be honest, I had a stay-at-home mom. I assumed I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. When I thought my cousin was going to be a working mom, I kind of judged her in my heart. And then God had me have children and asked me to work. And I had to really lay down my judgments about that. And I had to lean into, okay... What does obedience look like here? And, you know, I find I'm going to speak to the women, particularly who are listening to your podcast. Ladies, the enemy likes to get us with guilt one way or the other. So I find that the women that are home with their kids, uh, they feel guilty that they're not contributing to the financial bottom line by working. And then the women who are working feel guilty that they're not at home. And at the end of the day, the enemy loves to saddle women with guilt. But the goal is obedience. So the goal is to get into that quiet place with the Lord And some women don't have the luxury of picking whether they're going to work or not, right? If you happen to have what seems like a choice, you would want to go with the Lord and say, Lord, what is it you're asking of me right now in this season? And maybe it's a question you ask every year, but the best thing for my children is for me to be obedient to the Lord and to be who he's called me to be, whether that means at home or at work. And, you know, raising kids today is takes your whole heart. It has always taken your whole heart, but there is a world out there that's trying to pull them apart that's trying to pull them away from you and really grounding them in um you know the word of the lord and in your your witness is really important you know it says the bible says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and our children need to understand how to have a word of testimony and how to fight um you standing in the salvation that jesus did through his blood right and then they will be conquerors so you know as parents it's great to show them what it looks like to follow Jesus, but it's just as important to teach them, to teach them ourselves, not just to rely on our local church to do it or the local school if it's a Christian school, but us ourselves as parents to teach them and train them so that they go out into the world armed with the knowledge of the word of God and also the knowledge of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that just animates my husband and I every day. And um, gosh, you know, it's an interesting world we're raising them up in, but I know that they were born for such a time as this. And God has a purpose for their lives, and we're here to serve Him by preparing them for that. 
that is so so important um th there is nothing i can add to that i know that you, you write about not only show them through your life how you are obedient to christ but also make sure that the basics of their relationship with Christ are learned at home, not leave it to private school if you let them to go to a private school or church. And also make sure that they have that relationship with Christ strong, strong roots in that relationship with Christ before they go to college because they, a college that is even a, a bigger fight over their soul. No question about this, but we are. Well, you have to, and you have to trust the Lord. It's a trusting, right? Because everyone listening has a testimony, right? And there's that aha moment when the lights turn on and you were like, oh, Jesus is real. You know, I mean, I got saved at five when I sincerely meant it, but I had a revelation of Jesus when I was probably 19. And, you know, you just never know when the Holy Spirit is going to grab a hold and turn on the lights in such a profound way. And so we have, you know, we can't control our children, we can't make them do anything, but we can lead them and guide them and position them that when that, when that Holy Spirit moment comes, that they're prepared to receive it. Exposing them by our action is the most important thing. I had the privilege when my my kids grew up because they uh, they uh, when we came here to to Dallas, I didn't know English. My girls didn't know English. My son was born later on, and then they learned English. Uh, my daughter, my first daughter, graduated from SNU. My second daughter from Harvard Law School, and my son from Air Force Academy. And later on in life, when they went to college or, or graduate school many times they will say to me, Mom, I'm so grateful uh, that I am who I am because of you. And I said, wow, that is, that is uh, very, um, very nice of you saying that, but that's not. Let's consider 50-50. I taught you and you're teachable and you're accepted. So um, we we just hope that they they understand they uh, they will follow Christ and uh, they will do wonderful things that He has in mind for them. Ali, I just want to thank you so very much for uh, um, everything that you uh, you shared with us. We are so delighted for um, um, your amazing, amazing uh, communication, amazing things that you shared with us. And I hope that our audience will take it to heart and they will go in their closet and ask the Lord for what he has for them. And um, we hope to have you again. Yeah, amen. So I will say, I was talking earlier about being an allied attorney like you are, Virginia. So if attorneys are listening and they're not connected with ADF yet, um, you can go to adflegal.org, and if you scroll to the bottom of the page, there's a link for Attorney Network. If you click on Attorney Network, you'll learn about more about us, and there's also a place to apply. If you click on the application, what I do is I meet personally with every single person who applies. So we'll get your application, we'll set up a time for me to interact with you, and then we'll bring you in, and we'll hit the ground running. It'll be an honor to have you, and um, I look forward to collaborating with you all and serving Jesus together. I hope many of them will go and uh, apply. It's a wonderful opportunity and it's something that you can use your skill and your talents for the Lord. So, 
Thank you yeah, so much. And, and, and there's other ways to serve ADF, right? Obviously, as you know, we have, I mentioned all the different lawsuits that we have going on, but um, you know, you can support ADF even if you're not an attorney and we appreciate everyone's support. That it's wonderful, yes, because th there are so many things that ADF is doing and they need our support. So, but thank you so very much for uh, Ali for coming to our podcast for yeah, everything. Thanks for having me. Share with us, and I hope uh, you all will return to our podcast, which is Courageous Leadership with Virginia Prodan, which is every Wednesday and Saturday at 10 o'clock Central Time on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and ADP Podcast Network. And of course, uh, you can watch it on YouTube. I hope you go on our website, virginiaprodanbooks.com slash product slash book, and you can buy the book and you can be in courage that all you need is to be obedient a tool in god's hands and he will use you for his glory you will be trained uh, by us tell us what you need and we love to train you to live courageously to live a life of significance and success under any circumstances even as our uh, faith is under attack and you will be a shining light for christ May God bless you and see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks, Ali, again.